Hey guys, how you doing? This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Show podcast story for this, the 29th. I know they go up late on the 28th, about midnight, but anyway, they're kind of available on the 29th. They are the Sunday podcast in theory, but uh, okay. Um, I was racking my brains really last week, trying to work out which stories I could tell, which stories I can't. There are certain stories that I feel I can't really tell because, <laughs> because oh God, because A, they would get me arrested. B, they would get me shot. C, they would get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, and you kind of think to yourself, well, oh, can I, can't I? Well, I've got a story that um, I've wanted to tell for a little bit of uh, time now. And I, I must admit, I had to go and talk to a few people about this before I told it. Um, I I had to get in touch with uh, my good mate, my good mate E. Maxwell and my other good mate, Steve Hamilton, uh, because they are both Irish and say, look, I've got this story and it goes back to the 1980s. And, you know, guys, can I tell this now? Because <laughs> it's about Ireland and it's a bit delicate. And uh, they kind of listened to what I had to say and uh, and they both said, yeah, you could probably do that. Although, you know, I phoned my mum and I said, look, I've got this story about Ireland. Oh, Kenny, no, you can't tell a story about Ireland. Mum, I've got, uh, no, I'm running out of stories. I've got to tell the one about Ireland. No, 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 you little idiot. You can't tell the story about Ireland. Right, okay. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Because, see, the thing is, Steve and Maxwell live there, so they know what the situation is at the moment. So, anyway, um, oh, God, I don't even know where to start with this. It was the 1980s, right, which, please bear in mind that the 1980s was just basically a different time. It was, uh, there was a lot of things going on in Ireland during that time. Christ, um, there were car bombs and uh, ritual killings and, you know... The whole IRA thing and, you know, now I was a little bit torn. I, I remember that very, very clearly. I was a little bit torn because I didn't really, I didn't really understand it. And I couldn't, I couldn't condemn uh, what I'd seen basically on the TV because I didn't kind of, I couldn't get my head around it. I mean, when, when you're kind of that age and you're impressionable, you, you're kind of looking at things on the telly and thinking, well, hold on a minute, that. This is um, this is Ireland, you know. It's not it's not England, and I don't know enough about the history of this place to start making fucking judgments. I mean, you know, as far as I can see, we seem to have invaded Ireland or the north of it anyway, and they don't want us there. You know, <laughs> now that is a very simplistic view of a very very clearly complex issue, but. You know, that was probably my limit on knowledge of Ireland. I had a lot of Irish relatives that, that came over and uh, we didn't talk about the troubles, really. Um, or not within my earshot, anyway. But, uh, you know, the, what I do remember is that they were amongst the most fantastic people I had ever met in my life. They were so happy-go-lucky. They were, you know, the, the, nothing seemed to phase them, you know. They said what they thought and they meant what they said. And, uh, you know, they were a proud, they were proud people. And I, I just couldn't really get my head around why 
there were British soldiers out there and checkpoints and Bloody Sunday and oh god damn it. I still, even to this day, even though I have I've watched documentary after documentary, I still cannot sit here today and say you know, it's it was the British, it was the Irish. I, re I really can't, you know. And the IRA threw their arms down anyway and, I don't know, Sinn Féin became political whatevers and now they've got all these. Anyway, what I'm saying is that forget where we are now as far as Ireland is concerned. And as we speak, actually, Ireland, I mean, Barack Obama's there at the moment. Oh, actually, he's in Southern Ireland, but Barack Obama's over there at the moment. And the Queen was there last week. Hey, good place to go. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, I had been to Ireland as a kid a couple of times. Uh, Cork, Dublin, um, all these sort of places, all, you know, where my parents and my family were. But I'd never been to Northern Ireland. And uh, anyway, it wasn't anywhere I actually planned to go. It was just never on my agenda. I was just never, you know, it was just never somewhere I was, I was ever sort of, oh yeah, I must go there. It was just never one of those places. So that, that kind of sets the scene on where we are with Ireland. Now let's kind of talk about how the hell I got there. Right, okay. Now, in those days, right, before the uh, advent of things like DHL and UPS, Sending something in the post was really hit and miss, like it is now with our pro British post office. Like, if you post a letter, you can almost guarantee that by the time it reaches its destination, it will have been checked for cash by at least four different post offices, um, <laughs> if not the end delivery postman. So, you know, you just can't rely on it. Well, in those days, you couldn't rely on it either. Forget about the days of secured email and all of that sort of stuff. It wasn't wasn't really happening. People like especially solicitors firms employed couriers. Now my mate worked as a courier and uh, he made a bloody good living out of it actually, even though his life was kind of taken away from him for for the best part. But let me tell you what this guy used to do. But right, he used to sit at home and wait for the phone to ring. And then his company would phone him up and say, we have a uh, documents case that needs to go to um, Berlin. All right. And these are your, you know, do you want to take it? It's today. And he would go yes or no. And then they would phone him back in an hour. He would make his way to an airport. They would phone him back in an hour and say, right, OK, you're booked on this flight. Uh, when you get there, get a taxi or hire a car. You go into this address, drop documents off, get a signature and come back. All right, easy as that. That's the way they used to do it. And uh, one of the big London solicitors had an office in Coventry and he worked for this office in Coventry, a massive London solicitor. And uh, anyway, I was talking to him this this particular day and asking him how things were going and all that. And he said, yeah, you know, it's it's really good, but I really, really need, you know, I need to take some time off. But, uh, you know, I don't, things are a bit kind of tenuous because if I say no to the job, there's 10 more people that will do it. And if you say no once, then, you know, you've got to work to get yourself back on the good books, you know. I thought, oh, fucking hell, that's, that's quite bad, really. But um, like I said, it was a good living. I mean, that, that Berlin trip, for instance, would have got him a few hundred quid, and that's just for one day's work. All right, it's maybe uh, 20 hours of work, but, you know, it's one day's work, and it's a couple of hundred quid in your pocket. So uh, it's not bad money, really. So anyway, um, 
couple of weeks after that, he, he phoned me up in the morning and said, uh, I've got two really big fucking problems. I said, what's that? He said, well, A, um, my uh, sister-in-law is getting, I don't know, some sort of operation done and it's quite serious and, you know, I need to be there uh, with the family or else I'm going to look a twat. And uh, B, I've got a job on to Belfast. And I oh, right, okay. He said, I said, so what are you going to do? He said, what am I going to do? He said, I'm going to do nothing. You're going to fucking go. Ah, fuck off. I said, well, how is that going to work then? I'm not even on the books of your guy. He said, Ken, you and I look almost the same. He said, take my passport, take my fucking uh, credit card, whop over to there. It's a day. You'll be in and out in a day. All you've got to do is to, is drop off some documents and you're sorted. I sat and thought about this and I thought, that's interesting. Might be able to get myself a few quid here. And I thought, ah, oh, fuck it. Why not? Why not? He does look like me. So I'm absolutely sure I'd pass on his passport. Yeah, let's go for it. So anyway, <coughs> I went over to his house. He gave me all the details. He said, you've got uh, like an hour to get to the airport and your plane leaves at whatever, whatever. And, uh, you know, you'll be coming back in like the middle of the night, but don't worry about that. And, uh, you know, you'll get a couple of hundred quid. Anyway, I got to his house and it must have been about 10 o'clock in the morning when I got there. And uh, he gave me all the, you know, all the details and stuff. And I shot off straight to the airport. So um, I'm sitting there with basically this itinerary that uh, he's got. And he'd just written it all down, really. And it, it was really, really easy. I mean, it was just like all I had to do was get to Birmingham, get on a plane, uh, land at Belfast Airport, get out of the airport, hire a car, actually, then get out of the airport and get myself on the A2, um, get on the A12, on the 501, and Bob's your uncle, basically. Now, what I didn't realise, of course, was that every second place in Ireland is called Barry, Bally something. And, I, you know, there's me heading over to a place called Bally Murphy, and all I see is signs for... Like, <laughs> but there's Bally Murphy, there's another Bally Murphy... There's a, <laughs> there's a Bally Down Fine. There's a, oh God, Bally McGuigan. Uh, it's just all, oh God. Anyway, so, right, this is what I had to do. So, got on the plane, right? Uh, Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham Airport, got off the plane, Belfast City Airport, and went over to the Avis desk. And I stood there for a minute thinking, hmm, I could save myself a few quid here. Now, please bear in mind that as I put this qualifier in, this story may or may not have happened. It is up to you to decide whether or not any of this is true. Anyway, I left the airport, didn't I? Didn't bother hiring the car because I had a screwdriver. Need I say more? Okay. I left the car park in this um, funny little uh, old Escort, Ford Escort, and uh, came out got straight onto the A2 and took, you know, my sweet merry way onto the A12, came off the A12 onto the 501, absolutely no problem at all. And uh, it's it's quite funny, really, because, I mean, you you skirt around Belfast and you, you kind of think, well, you know, I don't know, the Belfast on the TV is like a war zone. Belfast, Belfast is a lovely place. It really was an absolute lovely place. There was some lovely, there were some fantastic buildings as you go go kind of by into, you know, bits and pieces. Anyway, 
um, I'm looking for this this place, Bally Murphy, right? And uh, unfortunately, uh, like I said, everything is called Bally something if you go up the 501. So anyway, I must have been driving up and down the 501 for Christ, the best part of two hours, trying to find a bloody road sign. And, you know, as I'm driving up and down, I'm increasingly becoming aware of the amount of signs there are around that say IRA and the amount of murals on the walls depicting all sorts of people, really, throughout the ages. And uh, this... I don't know what I expected really in Belfast. I don't know whether or not I expected it to be different or whatever, but I mean, that could have been, you know, Belfast and, and the 501 could have been anywhere. It literally could have been anywhere. I've seen very similar streets and buildings in Northampton, but wherever you look, there is something about the Troubles. Whether it's a monument or a plaque or, you know, um, a mural on the side of a building, every side of a building seems to have a mural on it, all depicting, you know, um, various bits and pieces about the IRA. And, uh, well, I'll tell you guys, it was it was starting to get just a little bit um, weird. <laughs> People were looking at me, all right? And I, I don't know if it was just my imagination or what, um, but people were looking at me. Now, bear in mind that I had got a pair of jeans on, trainers. I'd got a um, deep green uh, T-shirt on and a uh, dark green jacket. And it all looked a bit military. And maybe that wasn't the best thing to wear on this trip. So anyway, uh, I decided that what I was going to do was find a phone box. <clears throat> and then I could phone back to my mate. Hopefully he's in and tell him, look, I can't find this bloody place. Uh, I need some more detail. And I tried. I was going up this street and that street. And uh, anyway, I pulled up, right? I pulled up on this, just past this junction, right? Which was next to a, a cemetery. And uh, th th it was quite a, a large cemetery on the right. I pulled up and I thought, I'm going to go and get a map. All right, <laughs> this would be an idea. And I, I can't tell you the street that this guy was in, all right? I just can't. But I thought, I'll go, I'll go and get a map. So um, anyway, I pulled up and this it's kind of like a bit of a shopping place, really. And uh, I, I walked over to a newsagent and walked in and uh, looked around, saw a map of Belfast. Great, thanks very much. And just paid and left got back into the car, had a look, and I thought, ah, there it is. Right, I found it. I know where the street is now. It wasn't as straightforward as I thought. Okay, what I've got to do is go up here, up here, and turn right. Okay, I know that. So anyway, started the car. Wouldn't start. Tried again. Wouldn't start. Try for a third time. Wouldn't start. And I'm thinking, fuck okay um what i will do now is i will go and find me another car so i took my trusty screwdriver took the briefcase and started to walk down the road it was only then that i looked up and saw a road sign that said the falls road now if there is one place that is fucking famous in belfast it's the Falls Road. Oh my God. I am now shitting my bricks, okay? I am shitting my bricks because I'm on the fucking Falls Road 
in Belfast, semi-dressed like a fucking soldier. Great. I wonder how long I'm going to last up here. Anyway, uh, what I thought was, right, just get the fuck out. All right, just get away from here and, uh, you know, maybe I'll be okay. Just get myself into a car, get myself into a car. So anyway, I seem to be walking for bloody miles down this road. And I thought, well, and the cars were too out in the open. There was no way I was going to clip a car going down the bloody Falls Road. I mean, Jesus Christ. So I thought, best thing I can do is find a uh, shopping centre or, you know, a supermarket car, anywhere with a car park. All right, anywhere with a car park. And I'm looking across at the um, cemetery and I'm thinking... You can't nick a car from a cemetery, Ken. You just, you can't. Right, okay. So I carried on walking up the road and I seemed to be going on and on and on. And then I came across a pub. There was kind of a cross in the road and I came across a pub. And I thought, okay, brilliant. I'll zip across to the pub. And went towards the pub and dived around to the back of the pub to try and find out where the uh, car park was. And I bumped into somebody. And he looked at me and I looked at him. And he was fucking huge. <laughs> and he said to me, What are you doing, soldier boy? Ah. Um, and I said, in a very nervous voice, Oh, it's all right. I'm just looking for somewhere. And then I realised I've just opened my fucking mouth. He carried on and walked into the pub. And then I realised, because it dawned on me, that I'm on the Falls Road. I'm dressed like a soldier. I've just given away the fact that I'm British and I've got no way of escape. Oh my God. So anyway, I legged it, absolutely legged it. Just went clear across this uh, um, little kind of, I don't know what it was really. It's kind of a, a fork in the road and ran straight towards a cemetery because I thought, well, for Christ's sake, you know, um, it's got to be, you know, an area of you know, some trees and bushes. At least I can go and fucking hide, all right, for a little while. So anyway, I legged it across the road and went straight for the cemetery. Now, I knew that this was a cemetery because I'd passed the entrance to it, literally, as I got to this pub. And uh, what I did was I legged it across the road, jumped over some gates, and uh, some gates. There was there was kind of like, oh, I don't know what it is now. It's it, In those days, anyway, it was kind of like these walls, you know, where you've got the like turrets of a wall, but there's a fence in between, only low rise. Like it's only, you know, it's a few feet high. So I jumped over there and there were some bushes and uh, I managed to drop myself into these bushes. Now, thankfully, at this point, it's dark. <laughs> So anyway, I walked into the bushes just in time to see about five or six people come running out of this bloody pub, all looking as though they were very, very angry. Um, I, I absolutely have never shit myself so much in my entire life. I thought, the, right, what I've got to do here is A, I've got to wait for these guys to go. <coughs> B, I've got to go and get me a car. And then C, I've got to get the fuck out of here. I've just got to get the fuck out of here. I don't care about delivering this package. I don't care about getting this signed. I don't care about anything. I just want to get this thing out, gone, and me in a friendly society. Okay? Easy as that. Well, that was easier said than done, because I still couldn't find a car. 
There weren't that many cards, though. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I guess with all the, the troubles and that, there wouldn't have been. But, um, I mean, it's not like today where there's, you know, there's 50 cards, cars for every 10 feet of bloody road. I mean, in those days, it wasn't the case. But I thought, okay. So I carried on walking through the cemetery, being very respectful, I might add, of the graves. Was not walking over graves. But I walked through the cemetery in an attempt to get to the other end. And by now, I've become a little bit disorientated. Uh, I got about as far as, oh God, I got through the cemetery the other end, carried on down the road, and I took one of the forks, really, the left-hand fork. And I was still on the Falls Road, on the left-hand fork. Just as an incidental, you know, there's an amazing thing about that cemetery that I've never seen anywhere else. But there was a, a as you come right to the end of the cemetery, there was like um, uh, an incredible set of tombstones that were almost, almost the same. They all consisted of the same thing. There was like, um, like a, a cross with a circle and it, it was incredible. It was just incredible to see it. It was a just amazing thing. And I, I didn't really, I, I didn't stop and read any of it to know what it was all about. But it, it just seemed like a, an incredibly ornate and well-maintained and loved place. You know, it was, it was just an amazing thing. But uh, anyway, I carried on walking down this road. And eventually I came across this uh, little group of shops and a little bit of an iron fence. And uh, there was a car parked on the side. And I thought, that'll do, that'll do, I've got to have that one. So anyway, got to the passenger side of the car, because of the way it was parked, it hid me from the, everything else, whopped the door, and in I got. Clicked the ignition, and I pulled out of there, and I'm heading out of the area. And I am so fucking pleased, you would not believe it. I was so relieved, I could have cried. I mean, seriously, I could have cried. I'd never been so frightened, I think, of being in a place. I mean, I'm not I'm not really worried about places, you know. I mean, growing up in Coventry, you couldn't because every place was fucking dangerous and you become immune to it. But Jesus Christ, Belfast and the Falls Road, that was a place to be frightened, I tell you. And everywhere you looked, really, there was all, all sorts of things about, you know, British Army out, uh, British Army and their shoot-to-kill policy and, oh, oh, fucking hell... Oh God, you know, I, I just thought I've just got to be out of here. I have, I've seriously, I've just, I've just got to be out of here. Well, anyway, to, after having the papers signed and I'm back in the car and I'm on my way back and I thought, easy, I've just got to follow signs for the city airport, okay? And then I'm out of here. And what I saw signs for a lot of things. I saw signs for the Black Mountain, for instance. But um, what the hell a Black Mountain is, I don't know. That's probably where they're going to bury me if they get the fucking hands on me. Um, but, you know, I didn't see any signs for the airport. Uh, so... Anyway, what I did see was a sign for the 501. I thought, right, okay, let's get back down the 501 because we know that that leads into Belfast and we know it's bound to be signposted from there. So anyway, dropped down this road, came down to a T-junction and fuck me, who did I run into? About four guys carrying lead pipes or they were certainly looking like they were carrying lead pipes because they looked really fucking angry. The first guy I saw was the guy that I'd bumped into outside the pub. And I just thought to myself, this ain't my day. This really just isn't my day. This is the day that the good Lord has chosen for me to fucking die. How could... Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, um, they started laying shit out of this car with these pipes. 
uh, in an effort to get me out. They did the side window and showered me in glass. They would they done the uh, they did the uh, windscreen, and uh, as I kind of booted it, and you know, Christ, I just put my foot down to get out of there. I I heard the pipes hitting the back of the car, and then the back window came in. So anyway, I'm thinking, fuck me, and I, and I am now thinking right okay just just get out of here and then I started to think well hold on a minute because if I get anywhere near the city centre and come across a fucking copper or garda as they call them um I am going to be in big pro- big trouble because he's going to pull me and let's just assess the situation here all right let's just stop now and assess the situation I'm in Belfast I'm on the Falls Road I'm on somebody else's passport I'm carrying somebody else's credit cards. I'm in a stolen car. Oh, Jesus. How do I get myself into these fucking things? Anyway, I'm thinking, right, <clears throat> let's chop the car, get another one. All right? Easy as that. So, found a little cul-de-sac, went up the cul-de-sac. I think it was a cul-de-sac. No, it was probably, no, it wasn't a cul-de-sac, I don't think. But it, anyway, got into this road and... Uh, pulled up the car and I thought well it is pretty dark now I should be able to pop another car with relative ease okay I should be able to do this so anyway I stopped the car and uh, I walked up the street for about I don't know it must have been about 50 60 yards and there's a car parked right outside this guy's house but the problem was it was alone parked outside this guy's house and you know it was just there was no way it was far too fucking urban to be for me to pop a car it was just far too dangerous i thought i've got to i've got to find another car but not here now from where i was i could hear that there was definitely a pub or a club something nearby because i could hear the music coming from it unless somebody had their their windows open and their speakers very loud <coughs> so uh, i thought best thing i can do is just leave that motor there and uh, I'll have a bit of a trek down the road and see what I can find. Head towards this music. It's bound to be a club with a bloody car park in it. Christ. So anyway, uh, came across this place. And as it happens, it was a pub, but no car park. Brilliant. And no cars. Um, I can't remember that. Oh, God, it was a funny little pub on a corner. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm thinking it was the Red Dragon or something. Uh, something like that. Anyway, um, I, <laughs> I went past this place and uh, that was on a, a corner to another road. And there was a car I could see just down the bottom of this road. And I thought, right, I don't give a shit now. I'm fucking having that one. You can always tell when you're driving towards a city centre. Just life becomes, I don't know, you start to see a few high rise, low rise. And, you know, there was quite a few of those on the Falls Road as I was heading into town. There was an awful lot of these murals though that I just couldn't get out of my head. And I just, oh God, there were things about since 1970, these people have died and those people have died. And oh God, you know, and I, I just thought for a normal street, for what looks like a normal street, this is effectively a war zone. It is a war zone. You know, you've got British Army, you've got, you know, all of this sort of shit that's going on. I saw a few of them. I didn't see very many of them. I saw a couple of Land Rovers going up and down the street. Uh, but I guess, um, I suppose if you drive a Land Rover up the Falls Road, you're asking for problems. But anyway, um, good thing was that I'd got away from the people I was chasing, or the people that were chasing me. Uh, or anyway, I was hoping that I had. 
because I did see a car go, I couldn't swear it was them, but I did see a car go past pretty fucking fast as I was coming out of this road in my latest form of transport. I couldn't help thinking as well, you know, what if I had hired a car? I'd have lost the fucker by now. Jesus Christ. Headed into town, I managed to get uh, back on the A12, heading towards the airport, picked up the signs, and there we go. It was as easy as that. I got to just outside the airport and uh, dumped the car, uh, wiped my prints off the steering wheel, and then uh, grabbed my case and started to walk into the airport. Belfast City Airport is uh, is like is one of these kind of happy-go-lucky places. I mean, the car park's never full. You know, there's plenty of room to park. Um, and I remember pulling up in that car park and thinking, "This is th this is mad," because I didn't. I didn't get to see it, you know. I'd, I'd, I just would have liked to have been in a position where somebody had shown me around. There was obviously so much hurt, so much pain as you walk around a place. You can almost feel it in the atmosphere. And I guess it's just, you know, the, it comes off the murals on the walls and the size of houses. And, you know, th there's, there's pictures of various people and, you know... Uh, posters and this sort of thing and you just think well these are these are all anti-british um posters and they're anti-establishment posters and and murals like i said at the front of this video you know i don't i, don't, I can't take sides because i don't know enough to make an informed opinion despite seeing documentaries on it you know i can't make an informed opinion about what is Ireland now, what Ireland was in the 1980s. And I think anyone that does is perhaps a bit of an arrogant prick, uh, unless you're kind of involved in it and you live through it. And, and I've, you know, had stories from people that I know saying that they've been held up at checkpoints and, you know, various things and the, the British Army and what they did over there and, you know, what the IRA did over there. Well, it was a war. It was a war. Still is to an extent. But I, I just remember feeling quite let down by my only experience of Belfast was being shit scared, running up and down the Falls Road, trying to steal a fucking car. How pathetic is that? Anyway, I got back uh, into uh, Birmingham and pff, was late. Got in my car, went back, dumped myself, <laughs> dumped myself in my bed and uh, eight o'clock in the morning... Hello, here's your bloody case. Um, how'd you get on? Yeah, yeah, I was all right, I was all right. All oh, right, good, okay. Um, I need to get cash from the guys that are paying for this and then I'll see you in the pub later, my mate said to me. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll see you in the pub. Anyway, pub turn, turn and he, he ain't there, the bastard. And I'm thinking, you wanker, you absolute wanker. If you fucking walked on my money, you little fuck, I want fucking 200 quid for going and I want 50 quid for the car I never hired. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, so I'm waiting there. He doesn't turn up, and I'm thinking, "Fuck's sake!" Anyway, went went uh, had a few beers with a few of the mates, and went back uh, to my place that night. And following morning, phoned him, not there. Thinking, bastard, utter bastard. And then you know, a couple of days went past. Phone, phone, phone. He's not there. He's not there. Thinking, great. And then, like, towards the weekend, I get a phone call. It was him, wasn't it? 
He said, get your fucking ass over here now. <laughs> What's up? He said, just get here. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. So I went across to his place and uh, as soon as I walked in, he slammed the door behind him. I said, where you been then? He said, I've been in the nick, haven't I, you prat? I said, what do you mean you've been in the nick? Anyway, turns out the cops had arrested him. <laughs> he was caught on CCTV stealing a car from Birmingham, <laughs> from Belfast City Airport. <laughs> And he'd been in the nick for two nights while, while they were getting the uh, documents sent over from um, from the police in Belfast. Now, apparently, they'd, they'd got me on CCTV walking through the terminal, coming out the terminal, stealing a car and then driving out. And because they, they'd got me from the point of being inside the terminal showing my passport, they knew who I was. <laughs> but I was him. <laughs> so anyway he says uh, he says why the fuck did you nick a car so I was trying to save the 50 quid oh Jesus anyway I said so what you get, did you get charged then or what he said no they let me go I said why because when the police had the picture blown up it wasn't me <laughs> oh you silly bastard <laughs> He said I was protesting my innocence all the way through. And, you know, he said, but fuck, I had to answer some weird, really leery questions. But they knew some of it was going on. I was involved, but they couldn't prove it as me because it's not me in the picture. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, um, guys, it's up to you. Believe that one. Don't believe it. I mean, it. Oh, God, for me, it's. It's an everlasting memory uh, and my one and only trip to Northern Ireland. And uh, it's just a shame that that's what I got to see. I'm sure Belfast, uh, especially, and Derry and, you know, all of these places I would have liked to have gone. I'd have liked to see an island now, I think. Um, but I'd also, I'd probably... I'd probably, if I was, if I was going to do it, I think at the moment, what I'd probably do is I would take the car over and uh, I'd go and tour Ireland. I'd do Northern Ireland and then down to Southern Ireland, go and see relatives and, uh, you know, shake a few hands with some friends over there. Um, you know, it'd be great to do. It'd be really good to do. One day, you never know, one day. But I tell you what, I, I do remember never being so scared of something in all my life. A fucking street name. Jesus. And now that I'm an adult um, and just about grown up, I guess, and I reflect on some of these things, I just think, how the fuck am I still alive? How am I still alive? I mean, the situations I put myself in when I was younger, the things that I did, the places I went, how the fuck did I last? Amazing. It will never cease to amaze me. Guys, um, please don't forget to leave a comment in the comments section. Let me know if you think this is true. Let me know if you think it's absolute bullshit. Um, and uh, <laughs> let me know <laughs> if uh, all the murals are still on the walls in the Falls Road in Belfast. <laughs> oh, dear. And that, the other thing, why have you got two cemeteries? <laughs> okay, this has been Ken. This has been the Ken Burton Show. Another podcast story. And I, as ever, will see you on the dark side. Guys, it's been a pleasure. You all take care now.